Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. People are incredibly supportive of cancer research. I got an email. The tagline just said, welcome to the greatest team ever. And I just remember feeling so happy. The fellowship has allowed me to be more committed to um, the research. I realized that I'm, I'm part of something very big. Welcome to One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. We're a passionate community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research. I'm your host and president of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an unstoppable community, and it's through research we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. When you're done experiencing this episode, we'd be honored if you could leave a review or share it with family and friends. This really helps extend the impact of this series and helps further our one goal. And now, on to the episode. Every new cancer treatment, therapy, and method of prevention began with an idea. A person who pushed forward boldly and was able to see things from a different angle. Every dollar raised, mile pedaled, hour volunteered, and rider cheered, you help make the Pelotonia Fellowship Program happen. You are funding researchers who are working toward that next breakthrough, and you are inspiring the next generation to pursue a career in cancer research. This program means more to these young scientists than just the funds to enable their research or adding a line to their resume. Being selected as a Pelotonia Fellow means that someone believes enough in their work to support them. It's a point of pride, a vote of confidence, and this fellowship also includes a community that they know will be there to cheer them along the way, whether it's in the lab or on the route during ride weekend. Today, you'll hear from four fellows, their stories, and the work they're accomplishing through your support. They are Anna Poptic, Anish Zucci, Alex Smith, and Alyssa Shulman. This episode has been titled Forward Thinking Fellows. So let's start with you, Anna. What made you want to get into research? My grandmother was diagnosed with breast cancer and dementia. She did have a mastectomy and um, they ended up removing the cancer. So that happened while I was in college and while I was doing chemistry research. I came to graduate school and I talked to my mentor, Shiyu Zhang, and um, he proposed a project to me that was very related to human health and really lied at the fundamental core of human health because I do chemistry research. Chemistry is very fundamental. We're very fundamentally trying to understand reasons why cancer could form in the first place. Manish, tell us about why you're interested in this type of research. 
I did a research internship at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And then when I transitioned into college, I did more bench side work and I joined an Alzheimer's lab. And then COVID hit and that sort of forced everyone to take a pause and stuff. And I started to think about what was really important to me. The constant theme throughout my life was just people being affected by cancer. My maternal grandmother, she had passed away when she was 49 from multiple myeloma. Um, my mom's dad, my maternal um, grandfather also had renal cell carcinoma. So it just really affected my family. And that sort of forced me to reevaluate. Yes, I love research and I love discovering, but I want to use my time with something that I think's like hitting close to home. Alex, you're up next. About two years ago, I was um, reading about some of the different researchers and research that was that had been uh, featured on Ohio State's website. Um, I found Dr. Kristen Bird and I sent her an email and said, you know, I'm interested in your research. Can I come meet with you? Can I talk a little bit more about what you're doing? And so I met with her the next week and then, you know, she said, you feel free to like start in my lab if you want. So I did and the rest is history. And Alyssa, your turn. In 2016, my grandmother, she was really into exercise. She noticed she was getting out of breath easier than normal. So she uh, went to the James Cancer Screening Clinic. She got screening done and she was diagnosed with advanced stage non-small cell lung cancer. And I was in high school at the time and trying to decide what the heck I wanted to do with my life. So I contacted her doctor's laboratory and asked to get involved in any way I possibly could. So at some point you decided to apply for the Palatine Fellowship. Walk us through the, the the process of putting that, you know, putting your proposal together and, and going through the process, but ultimately really curious to hear about the moment you received, uh, you know, the email letting you know that you had received the fellowship. It was a really tough application process. Uh, come winter break, what I was really looking for was to sort of develop a project and also get some sort of funding over the summer. And I looked at a few things and I'd seen Pelotonia and I thought, wow, this would be like great to have, you know, but it, it'll never happen. I saw that. I saw it and I was like, wow, that seems really amazing. It seems very competitive. And I don't think I would ever be able to get that. I went, okay, I should just apply. The worst thing that happens is that they say no. <laughs> like I didn't really like believe that I could still do it, but I was like, I'll go through the application process. And if nothing else, I'll at least have a project to work on. I started working on it January, the de application deadline. So um, February 15th for those listening, um, midnight because I did use all my time and sort of January to February 1st, I was just reading like different research papers, just trying to go thoughts together. I mean, it was really exhausting. And then come that last two week home stretch, I started writing, putting stuff together. It was late March. I got an email um, from Marie, um, who's the Pelotonia um, coordinator. Yep. And it just, the tagline just said, welcome to the greatest team ever. And I just remember feeling so happy. I'm never going to forget getting that email. That email was sent, I think around like nine o'clock in the morning. So I was actually like getting ready. I was like about to walk out of the door. And then I just checked my email briefly and then saw, saw the email come in saying that, welcome to the greatest team ever. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I was walking to class and I got an email notification. So I opened it and it said, congratulations. I think I took a screenshot of it and sent it to my mom and said, tell me, I'm, tell me I'm not imagining this. 
I was actually the last one in my lab to find out that I had gotten the fellowship actually. You know, I, I um, for whatever reason, was under the impression that we weren't gonna find out until you know, right before the ride. I started getting texts from everyone in the lab saying, congratulations, but I, you know, I didn't know what it was for. And it was funny because I didn't know until I showed up to our you know, weekly lab meeting later that week that they announced it in the lab meeting and said, oh, you know, you won the fellowship. So that was, it was a nice surprise. All right, this is like the, the question we always like to ask, uh, ask the fellows. So um, explain your research and pretend I'm in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm a synthetic inorganic chemist. And what that means is I build new molecules. So our research is really focused on building these synthetic models of enzymes if these enzymes don't work the correct way, um, they, that could lead to the onset and the proliferation of cancer. And so our synthetic models are helping to understand these enzymes uh, more deeply, which will hopefully let researchers who work on developing pharmaceuticals and anti-cancer treatments um, be able to continue to, to develop better pharmaceuticals and better treatments um, that are very targeted at specific enzymes um, that could potentially uh, lead to the onset of cancer. I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was a fifth grade level that might've been like middle school, but. <laughs> that, that was probably like eighth grade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> eighth grade with someone that uh, is focused on science. Um, mm -hmm. No, that was good. My project based around cells and their surrounding environments. So traditionally when people try to grow cells out of the body, they grow it on like petri dishes and they just feed it a little liquid called media and it just has basic nutrients that keep it alive. The lab I'm part of did a study recently though that if you grow cells that way, right when you take them out, they'll behave just like they did in the patient and stuff. But over time, they're growing on a flat 2D environment, right? That's different than your body, which is 3D. So what our lab does is we try to create a 3D environment for cells. So what we do is we take the cells and put them in small microdropics on a really small scale and give them that 3D environment. What it allows you to do is you can take cells from a, a cancer patient and then you can test treatments. So that's sort of the technology that we're working with. And then me specifically, I'm focusing that on one type of cancer, glioblastoma. So that's great for um, brain cancer. It's super malignant, um, defined by a very heterogeneous, so a bunch of different types of cells. So what I'm trying to do is since, like I mentioned earlier, it's a heterogeneous population, different cells, I'm splitting those cell groups into different organoids and studying those individually. It sort of gives uh, scientists and um, physicians a basis to go from like a star point. And I don't know if that made sense or jumped no, in a little that, bit. That, that was actually very good. We, we are looking at human melanoma. Pretty much across the board, human melanoma is defined by mutations in something called the MAPK pathway, MAP kinase pathway, which is a set of different proteins within uh, cells that are involved in growth signaling. Different proteins in the pathway get mutated and they cause the cells to grow, you know, and be unregulated and, and become cancer. About 15 to 25% of melanomas are caused by mutations in this protein called RAS. And when, when RAS gets mutated, it tells the cell to keep dividing, even if there's no growth signal from other cells to tell it to divide. 
the RAS protein is hard to develop drugs for it. When you actually look at RAS's function, when it becomes mutated, it activates another protein called RAF, R-A-F. So the first one is RAS, R-A-S, and then it activates RAF, R-A-F. And there are three different types of RAF. If we can figure out which parts of RAF engage with RAS, then that introduces the possible uh, targeting site for drugs and for therapy. All right, so let's start with some basics. So you have DNA. That is the instruction manual for everything that happens in your body. There's another molecule called RNA that is made from the DNA. And then from the RNA, you get the, you get the proteins, the stuff that actually does stuff. These proteins are made from genes, right? And in cancer, these proteins in the, can become mutated and make the cells do things they're not supposed to, like divide too much. So this mutation that happens in your DNA gets read into the RNA and then read into the protein, which starts doing things it's not supposed to. I focus on a, a protein that sits in the surface of the cell and receives messages. We've identified one of these proteins that makes the cancer grow and divide and happen too much. And we're trying to a, figure out how it works. And we are also looking at the effects of inhibiting that protein. So that's what we do. What's been the most rewarding part of the fellowship so far? I think the most rewarding experience of being a fellow, for me at least, was when I posted on Facebook about my bike getting stolen, like right before Pelotonia, and I got an insanely overwhelming supportive response from the Pelotonia community. I had just people commenting, just thank you for all that you do, thank you for the research that you do, and the James saved my dad's life. That's incredible. I just, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to say thank you because without the James, I wouldn't be here. Right there, like right when that whole situation happened, I realized that I'm, I'm part of something very big. The fellowship has allowed me to be more committed, and also a lot more responsive to um, the research. And what I mean by that is, is you know, I can. I can come into the lab pretty much whenever I need to, get things done. You know, I've been able to be way more committed to it thanks to the fellowship and then um, getting to know some of the people in the Pelotonia community. I've gotten to know some of the other fellows. Um, I've gotten to look at you know some of the things they're researching. I got to meet people on the bike ride. I got to meet some of the other um, investigators. So that's that's all been great too. The most rewarding part of that experience is interacting with community members, especially with a force as big as Pelotonia in uh, the Columbus area. People all around are incredibly supportive of cancer research. So switching gears a little bit, this is, you know, part of the being a fellow is, is ultimately participating in um, Pelotonia and tell us about the experience of, of your first year participating. Signed up for the 100 miler. Um, it was it was so much fun riding with like a giant group of people because I've been training with one other friend and it's just so different riding with a giant group of people. 
the last 20 miles weren't that much fun. So thanks for that. Did not That's what I've been told. That. I didn't ride the 100, but a lot of, oh, <laughs> a lot of text oh, messages well. about it. Ride weekend was phenomenal. Um, one, I think I was around like the 17 and a half mile mark. I had about 2.42 miles left and I met this lady. She was currently 75 years old. She had had um, cancer when she was 57 and she had been um, 18 years in remission now. She was still riding alongside with me. I mean, I'm 20 years old and stuff and she was keeping up. We ended up finishing together and just hearing her story and seeing sort of her resilience was really inspiring me and just kept pushing me to go forward. I had never done 100 miles before. I barely even trained for it, which, which you know, retrospect may have been a mistake. I think the highlight maybe of the, you know, of the whole thing, just the start and the finish and getting to see everybody, getting to eat afterwards <laughs> after riding 100 miles. Like I knew what a big deal Pelotonia was, but I don't think I really realized exactly how amazing it was until I was actually participating in the ride. I'm not the most athletic person in the world. So um, I wanted to uh, challenge myself. I decided that I was gonna do the ride because you know what, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna go all in. My grandmother died in August of 2020. So what I was thinking of during my ride was, you know what, if she could do all of her exercise stuff with stage four lung cancer, I can do this right now. So I was thinking of that the entire time and it was, it, it ended up being easier than I expected. I underestimated my abilities. That's amazing. And, you know, I think I can speak on behalf of the entire Palatani community and our team. It's, you know, at the end of the day, we're all raising money to support you know, people like you and, and to do the research you're doing. And it's it's amazing. And we're grateful to have you as part of, of the Pelotonia family. So it was awesome getting to know you. And thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was fun to chat with you guys. Thank you guys again for the, the opportunity. It's been great so far this year. Yeah, thank you for having me. I just like to say thank you to the entire Pelotonia family. I mean, you guys have been amazing and welcomed me with open arms. And I'm really glad to be here. And I'm looking forward to being a part of our family for a long time. Thanks to Anna, Anish, Alex, and Alyssa for their time to participate in this podcast episode. We also want to thank all of our Pelotonia fellows and you, the community, for making this a reality. Special thanks to our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the Elbrands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. This has been One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. I'm your host, cancer survivor, and president of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications team, Gabby Blauert, John Tolbert, and Alita Smith. One Goal is carefully crafted and produced at the studios of Wessler Media. Mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being willing to share their inspiring journeys for this podcast. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe so you can get seasons one and two, as well as future episodes. If you want to learn more about the Pelotonia community and how you can make an impact on cancer research, see the link in the show notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.